Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Well, Scottish civil servants have been granted permission to work abroad for one month over the year and they can log in from anywhere for four months of uh, for four weeks of the year considering that there's a genuine reason to do so and I wonder should our own hybrid working guidelines be that little bit more lenient in Ireland Marcus is with us today on the line because Marcus you do you work from home would you welcome some kind of change like this um, how you doing Jill yeah good to be on mm. um, yeah indeed indeed I would um, in fairness our company is um, fully remote. We're a small enough team of about 15, um, but we're actually based in the UK, but I work remotely in Ireland as the CEO. So, um, yeah, we, we found it works absolutely fine, but I think it is subject to the industry and the type of job, because there has to be a balance. Obviously, it's not going to suit all careers, job types, um, etc. So, uh, obviously, working in, you know, creating digital products, it's perfectly fine where anywhere to be... Um, where any of our team are working yeah. abroad or remote. Is it important, Marcus, I suppose, as, you know, the, the, the sort of the head honcho or a CEO that, that you do that? Like, it kind of, it sort of sets out to the rest of the employees that, listen, this is fine, sure, I'm doing it. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it does give a little bit of additional respect to the employees as well, in the sense that, you know what, you're not literally sitting there looking over their shoulder, watching them clock in, clock out. It gives them that little bit of, you know, uh, autonomy, but at the same time, self-governance, which is nice. Um, and I think when you do afford that type of additional flexibility to people, you end up getting an awful lot more out of them. Because, you know, let, let's face it, getting people structured into a nine to five um, in a certain location, they're stressing to get there. They're stressing to get back out of there. You might only get a couple of good hours out of the person in terms of productivity while they're actually located there. But if you're offering people flexi time, work remote, work from different locations, working from areas which improves their, you know, their mental health as well as just their overall well-being, you tend to get um, increased levels of productivity from that as well. Uh, Caroline Reedy, who's a HR expert with the HR suite, Marcus, is, is on the line as well. Um, do, do you think, like, is this a good move, Caroline, to allow civil servants, obviously those working in, in certain areas where they actually physically can work from home or alternative locations, is it a good precedent to start? I think it's a super idea where it's practicable because the more flexibility we can offer, we see that it makes such a difference to people's work-life balance, to their overall productivity. And I suppose it's been recognised with the introduction of the right to request remote more working in Ireland and the right to request flexible and carers for carers and parents, which is imminent. We're just waiting for a code of practice and those rights will be part of employment rights in Ireland very, very shortly. But it's one thing, Caroline, if you're working from home. It's another thing if I go into work and, or into management and say, listen, can I head off to Portugal there now in the month of February and I'll, I'll do the show from one of the stations, you know, out there. Like, your head just isn't in it. Well, I suppose there's a difference between going to Portugal, for example. Some people, they work remotely and for the few weeks they manage it fine. They might work from Kerry, for example, during the summer for a month. Ultimately, I suppose, I don't think we should have a blanket no on it. I think we should consider it. And a lot of companies in Ireland, because people over COVID were managing to work in different locations, 
they're allowing, obviously they have to consider revenue implications, so up to a maximum amount it is. They allow people to work from different locations once the employee has an appropriate place to work and obviously there's no issues around security or data breaches, etc. But I think it's not a blanket no. And specifically, I think there would be nothing nicer if I could work from Portugal for four oh, weeks in great. the summer with a bit of sunshine yeah. or indeed work from Kerry. But I think the, what this is reflecting is we're thinking about remote and flexible mm. in a lot more different well, ways. And that's probably the best of it. Yeah. Caroline, do you know what? Just as I was thinking this morning uh, when I spotted this and and we said we'd we'd chat about it here on Lunchtime Live, I actually heard this ad here on Newstalk. This is a start. Oh, hi. You're off to Lisbon. Just been, had an amazing time. I'm actually heading over for a couple of weeks to visit my sister. It's great as I can work from her place and tag on some long weekends. At PwC, our team can work for up to 20 days a year in another country so that you can balance work with what matters most. Join our community of solvers. Visit pwc.ie forward slash jobs. Like PwC, the tax advisory company, Caroline, like it's not just in Scotland. Some private companies here, sure, they're already doing it. They are indeed. And we're finding more and more employers are trying to be creative about what they can do to add some specific benefits that are really appealing to employees. It's not for every job, but it's definitely something that, you know, in roles like PwC and others where it can be facilitated. And again, remember, they will have lots of restrictions of access and professionalism and, you know, availability Mm. of work, etc., to make sure it works for both parties. But I think that's something that's going to help them attract and retain staff more above their competitors. 1800 453 is the number if you if you want to join us today. If your employer has ever allowed you to take a month off, you're not just working from home now, but you, you've sort of turned your month abroad into a working holiday. Sean is on the line. Sean, have you been allowed to work from Portugal yet? No. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah. You know, um, fortunately, in my jobs, they won't allow me to remotely work. But I know friends who have, like um, I have my best friend's HR manager, and he completely remote and remotely works as well with his colleagues. And he even told me that there was a colleague of his that went to um, Egypt, and he lives in Egypt, and he's actually remotely working for the company, but remotely working from there um, from his own home. So, yeah, it would be great. and I'd, I'd love to do that. The move by Scottish government for civil servants, they're going to be allowed to do it, as I mentioned, up to a month each year. Now, they do have to have a sort of a genuine requirement to do so. That seems to be the kind of the, the guidance, you know, uh, around okay. this. But would you like would you like to see the Irish government maybe look at our own um, hybrid working arrangements and those guidelines? Yeah, definitely. Although I think they already are kind of doing that anyway. Like I said, mm. there are companies, that, again, like I've even heard, I had people talking about it on the bus where I heard a girl the other day where she's able to go over to Spain for 30 days and completely remotely work in her job. And so, yeah, it'd be great if the government will, I prefer if they brought in the right to work from home, not the request, but if they did bring in something similar, it'd be great because like for people who, you know, are remotely working and don't have to necessarily trek all the way into Dublin, it'd be great. Yeah. 
Uh, interesting text in from a listener who makes the point um, how would your taxes work if you're working in another country I think it's a great idea I'm just mm. asking uh, technically you are working in another in another country mm. Marcus you might have details like, are there tax implications around this? Uh, well I think it's just it's down to really the duration uh, more than anything else I mean if somebody's just on holidays for a week and they want to ensure that you know they're covering a couple of days take for example you know everybody's trying to book time off around school holidays when they have mm. children and they want to take the family on holiday so you know when you have a couple of members of a team that are looking for the same dates off you know it, it works well to have that flexibility so that they can go over there potentially do two or three days of work while they're over there so that doesn't really affect the the output of the um, you know the general business operations so having that bit of flexibility really is just down to the fact of you know um duration mm-hmm. we wouldn't be offering people now to you know spend several months abroad or anything like that um yeah that would that would change things entirely yeah. for us now all right as well. um well that just was that just becomes a kind of a career break really doesn't it yeah, time off, yeah, you know, if you want to, yeah. Uh, Joanne Mangan is on the line as well, Marcus. Joanne is from Grow Remote. Do you think more companies, even private commercial firms, Joanne, will will follow um, the likes of the Scottish government's lead on this? Yeah, well, we're already seeing this. This this is already happening in the market. Um, a lot of companies we work with would offer this perk or benefit to their staff. Companies like Dropbox, Airbnb. We work with a small tech company, um, an Irish-based company called Axonista. They allow their staff to work abroad up to 90 days. There are restrictions on it. Obviously, it has to work for the business. It has to work for the organization. And not every employer is at the same stage in their journey towards remote working to be able to offer this you know, overnight. But I do think um, it is a positive benefit. The employee uh, obviously benefits. They have the flexibility to, to go where they like. But sure, even year. if you just wanted but to take a long weekend or something, Joanne, it'd be great. Yeah, it's a fantastic perk, as I said. And for the employer as well, it's a great way to attract talent. It's a great way to retain talent. You've got happy employees and and that's all really good. But I think sometimes when we talk about these specific benefits and perks around remote working, we kind of miss the broader point. So it has good impact for the individual employee. And obviously, it's a positive step for the employer. They can get, you know, access to talent. But when we talk about remote working, I do think we need to take a broader view than this very narrow one policy and think about how can we encourage more employers to move to remote working, to think about offering their jobs without a location attached so that those jobs are available to people all across the country. And that's really where you can have the impact. Yeah, well, funny you say that. A text from a listener here who says, my my partner's company has actually had a 30% decrease in productivity from staff since some have started to work from home. They're actually really suffering, this text says in the company. Yeah, and productivity is a question that comes up all the time. Now, we work with uh, companies like eBay and Liberty Insurance, and they've got data to show that their productivity hasn't been impacted in any way by moving to remote work. And actually, they've been able to hire people from outside of their normal catchment area all across the country. So they're seeing great results. So there's mixed data on Mm. some of these questions. and, And a lot of it comes down to how well the company is equipped to roll out remote work in a very intentional and planned way so that it works well for their for their business. And that, that is a lot of work and is a challenge that companies are still facing um, that need a lot of help with still. There's some different companies are at different stages on the journey, as I said, and some yeah. are struggling. And if you're not bringing in the right, you know, the right policies to make sure that your employees are engaged and they're motivated um, and that they're able to to focus on outputs of their work rather than, you know, how many hours a day they're spending sitting at their desks, it's a, it is a big change. Mm. If you can put the right processes and policies in place, you can see 
the benefits. But if you're struggling and you're, you're still not really able to figure things out, then yes, you, you will take an impact in terms of things like productivity and motivation. It, it, it's a challenging learning curve. It's a very steep learning curve for a lot of employees. Too. Well, I can't wait for the day, Joanne, that I announce we're lunchtime live, coming to you live today from Marbella, you know, for a month in the summer. It'll be absolutely brilliant. I hope we can get that across the line. Listener in Sword says, working remotely is fine. I'm doing it for the past five years, but I am moving back to, I'm moving back from Denmark. Um, yes, there may be some tax complications. Anybody plans to work outside of Ireland, but is getting paid um, in Ireland by an Irish company should double check to ensure they don't trigger tax payments in the other country, says this listener. Another listener, yeah, the only tax implication is if you spend more than six months there. And this texter says more than six months in Spain actually requires residency and you pay tax in Spain too. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.